1: What is up? And welcome to Breaking the Huddle. I'm Joel Clatt. I'll be with you all year long. And before we get started, just a big shout out to Dr. Pepper, the official drink of Fansville, who is bringing you Breaking the Huddle in this new way. Listen, college football is going to look different. Breaking the huddle is going to look different. Welcome to my house. We're socially distanced, but we've got the same energy. We love college football, and it's back. It's game week. Can you feel it? We're actually going to see some football this Saturday after getting those appetizers for the last couple of weeks. Lots to get into today. I'm going to give you my top 10 teams in the country. Then we're going to pull out the teams that are not playing, and I'll give you my top 10 teams that are still playing the season here in college football. We've got a great conversation with Texas head coach Tom Herman coming up, as well as my break of why Trevor Lawrence is my best quarterback in college football. We're also going to get to your feedback and some of your questions on social media at the end of the show. But without further ado, let's get into it. The top 10 teams in the country right now. I started this top 10 with the Big Ten and Pac-12 available, and this is the way that I would have rated them if it was a normal year, but it's not. So Ohio State and Penn State, Sorry, but you're not going to be included in my top 10 teams who are still playing. So let's go through the revised top 10 of the teams that we're going to see this fall. At number 10, a team that I really like and is not getting a lot of pub outside of some of the controversies that have surrounded them during the course of the offseason. I really like Oklahoma State, guys. I think with a returning quarterback in Spencer Sanders, he's going to cut down on his turnovers. He's got Tylan Wallace back after that ACL injury. He's got the best running back, I believe, in college football and Chuba Hubbard. Watch out, that's an explosive team. And remember, OU, while I have them rated higher than Oklahoma State, they've got a tough schedule. More on that in a little bit. At number nine, I've got Auburn. One of the things that you'll hear me say constantly during the course of the season is that this SEC schedule is gonna look, it's gonna feel so much different. I can't wait to see how these teams navigate this schedule, having to play each other each and every week because it's gonna be so different than what we've seen in the past with those eight game conference schedules. But for right now, the ninth team in the country is gonna be Auburn. At number eight, I'm gonna go with LSU. LSU is in a precarious spot right now because they're trying to break in a new quarterback. They've had several opt-outs. They've got new coordinators and they haven't had an off season to get things done. So while you're trying to repeat as a national champion, Not many things are going in their favor, at least at this point. They're very talented, love their head coach at O. so I've got them right now at number 8. Number 7, I'm going to go with Notre Dame, and I know that this is higher than maybe some people would put Notre Dame, but think about it now. Notre Dame has what I feel like is a really good returning quarterback. They've got a head coach that knows what he's doing and knows how to win, and they've been uh, a 10-win team three straight years. So While they're getting a new offensive coordinator, he's not going to feel new to the program. Tommy Reese is going to go from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator. And I think that that could actually help Ian book become a better player. Cause here's a guy he's comfortable with from his meeting room. Now he's going to have the keys to the offense that could help him in the long run. So I like Notre Dame, uh, in that new revamped ACC schedule at number six, I'm going to go with Texas. Again, a team that <laughs> people are going to hate on me for putting up there. I don't want to, I don't want your hate. I don't want it. Look at, they got a returning quarterback, really good head coach. The defense is experienced now. Remember all the injuries they sustained last year. I mean, a plethora of injuries, would you say? Yes, I would say a plethora of injuries. And now they've got all that experience back on the field. They've recruited very well. Uh, We're going to talk with Tom Herman here in a little bit. This is a schedule that I think benefits Texas as opposed to OU and the way that the Big 12 has revamped it. So I like Texas a lot at number six. Now let's roll through the top five as I see it. Georgia. Uh, Georgia is going to be an interesting one. I think Georgia for me is a team that probably should be higher, but I'm going to put them at five because of the new coordinator. The the new quarterback, JT Daniels, probably going to be the guy after Jamie Newman opted out, but we'll see. Their defense, by the way, should be excellent. Lots of returning players and talent on that defense. At number four, I've got Oklahoma Oklahoma. Oklahoma still has Lincoln Riley, folks, and it doesn't matter who his quarterback is. This one's going to be a redshirt freshman, Spencer Rattler, probably going to be in New York or wherever they're going to have the Heisman Trophy, probably on Zoom somewhere. The Zoom Heisman Trophy finalists probably include Spencer Rattler because at this point, it's a rite of passage. The OU quarterback becomes a Heisman finalist. Florida at number three. I love Florida out of the East and the SEC, folks. Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts, or excuse me, uh, Trask and Pitts are, are the guys' I think are going to lead that offense under Dan Mullen and do special things. Pitts is one of the more un- underrated tight ends in the country. Trask is a guy that I really think could have a big year. So I like Florida out of the East. And then the top two teams, it's Bama and it's Clemson. Without Ohio State playing, these two teams are the class of college football right now. Alabama getting Dylan Moses back is absolutely enormous. All right, Last year, their defense wasn't even close to what Bama normally puts out, in large part because they didn't have Dylan Moses. Now having him back, allows the offense to get their feet wet with a new quarterback. Probably Mac Jones we will see what Bryce Young's able to do. They still have Najee Harris. They still have those great wide receivers. They've recruited really well on the offensive line. Alabama is going to be a really good team. The only thing that I'm interested to see is how they deal with that new SEC schedule playing 10 league games. And number one in the country, is the Clemson Tigers. When you've got a coach like Dabo Sweeney, when you've got a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, I think it's easy to put them up there. Think about what they've been able to do. They are, along with Alabama right now, really the cream of the crop. Uh, as it comes to college football, as LSU is putting themselves up there. But you've had five straight college football playoff appearances. You've had four title game appearances, two national championships, and they have decimated the ACC. This is why I'm not concerned about a league-only schedule or basically league-only schedule for Clemson. It's because they're so much better than their league, it's not even funny, even if you include Notre Dame. Think about what they've done, 43-2 against the ACC in the last five years. What? In fact, last year, while North Carolina played them tough, that was the only league game that was within 31 points. 31 points. That's incredible. So Clemson is my number one team in the country that's currently playing in this revamped COVID college football season. So there you have it. Lots to get into now and the rest of the show because I've got a great conversation with Tom Herman. That's coming straight at you as Texas tries to get over the hump of the Oklahoma Sooners who have won five straight Big 12 titles. Welcome back to Breaking the Huddle uh, with Joel Klatt and a good friend of mine, the head coach of the University of Texas on game week. We are finally here. Coach Tom Herman joins us now. Coach, thanks for joining us. How
0: doing man appreciate you having me joel i i was telling you off camera that that i haven't gotten my invite it must have got lost (laughs) in the mail so i guess this is as close as i'm gonna get to seeing the inside of your house huh but, well, at least at least for now, social distancing and all. You know, we
1: gotta right. maintain protocols. Uh, hey, speaking of protocols, by the way, we've talked about this offline all summer long about you know how well you feel like your players have done uh, maintaining the structure of the protocols and the testing regimens that you guys have at the University of Texas. How has it gone, first of all, and then and then secondly, how confident are you that we can get through some portion of this season starting this week?
0: Well, I, I think. We, we can get through as much as the the diligence of our student athletes will will allow us to, and I, I couldn't be more proud of the guys on our team, our players, our staff, uh, our our support team. You, you know, you forget you've got student managers and student trainers mm-hmm. and uh, you know academic advisors and tutors and all of these people that come in contact with your your players and so it's not just them although i am extremely proud of them you know any time that we've given them off for an extended period of time even this past saturday we had a mock game uh, saturday morning and, and they were out of here by noon and and didn't have to be back until sunday and everybody was on pins and needles about what they were going to do saturday night labor day school had just started and you know every everything that that we have tested for since then has has come back you know everything's clear and so just really proud of our guys but it it is it's difficult to maintain this level of diligence consistently day after day week after week month after month and I, I just I can't applaud our guys enough. On the field, you guys have a couple of new coordinators, two guys that I have
1: a lot of respect for, a guy that you have a, a long past with. Chris Ash, is now your defensive coordinator. You worked with him at Iowa State and then won a national championship with him at Ohio State. And you also bring in Mike Yurchich, who's been a longtime Big 12 coordinator at Oklahoma State, spent last year at Ohio State under Ryan Day. Um, what do you think they bring to you as you're trying to get over this hump and and potentially win a Big 12 championship?
0: Well, I, I think what what Mike certainly brings is uh, allowing me to focus my time, effort, and energy in the the big picture as I'm used to to doing as a head coach. It was uh, wearing on me as as a play caller, full-time play caller, last year. It really took its toll on me, and and I wasn't my best. I, I was a jack of all trades and and master of none, and. I think it showed in were we were we pretty good on offense? Yeah, we were top 15, top 10 in the country in a lot of, of statistical areas. But I had let the defensive side slip a little bit, and so the the two new hires allow a couple things. One frees me up to to spend more time with the players to get to know them better, uh, and to you know having Mike allows me to to spend more time with the defense, but. In the same breath, I, I've, I've got Chris there who is, who's been a head coach. He's been a national championship winning defensive coordinator. So I really trust him with the defense as well to, to kind of be the head coach of that side of the ball. And then obviously new coordinators
1: without spring ball in an offseason could be a precarious situation. But you have this incumbent starting quarterback that... Feels like he's been playing college football now for 18 years. How, how big is it to have Sam Ellinger back in the saddle at quarterback?
0: I would have lost a lot more sleep over the months of, you know, April, May, and June had had he not been here. And that's a, an unbelievable credit to him. He's he's a, a gamer, uh, you know, he, he loves football. He's so cerebral when it comes to the game and, and yet such a good leader and so approachable and relatable to his teammates. And so, um, again, not, I'm not saying we didn't lose any sleep over those few months of, of the pandemic, but knowing that, that number 11 was coming back for his senior year and kind of provided a, a stabilizing force, not only in that locker room, but for us as a staff uh, to, to kind of rally around him. All right, so now you're in the in the throes of building this program. Your
1: arch rival has won five straight Big 12 titles. Texas has not won a Big 12 title in over 10 years. It's been since 2009. What are the things that have to take place for you guys to get over that hump and potentially bring down that Big 12 championship to Austin?
0: Well, we got to stay healthy. I, I think, you know, this year was certainly the year that everybody internally had had circled, you know, we we've had three straight top 10 recruiting classes that are now third-year guys, second-year guys. Some of these these true freshmen first-year guys will help us. But the development of the these Ballyhoo recruiting classes, we, we had kind of all circled this year. We've got Sam Ellinger returning for his senior year. We've got Sam Cosme, a potential first-round left tackle. And so we need to stay healthy and we need COVID to allow us to to have a as normal of a season as possible, and then beyond that, I, I think we've we've got to play better defensively. You know, we we were uh, atrocious in in most defensive statistical categories, and then offensively, although the numbers were were great, we, we had a, a couple games where we didn't show up, and so we, we've got to play more consistently on on offense, and then defensively, uh, we've we've just we, we've got to play to the level of our talent. All right, last thing for you. As
1: as schedules got thrown, you know, through the washing machine essentially and totally redone and revamped, it was very clear that it would have been easier for teams that have geographic, you know, um centers around each other and and similar resources that those games would have been easier to play this year. And as it is, we're going to stay in conferences and so on and so forth. But you've been uh, a big proponent of getting Texas A&M back on the schedule. Why is that? And how close are we to maybe getting Texas and Texas A&M on the field?
0: Well, I can answer the second part really quickly. I have no idea how close we are. Uh, I wish we we were much closer. But again, those decisions are made uh, outside of my scope of influence sometimes, but it just makes sense to me. You're, you're right, I've, I've been on record as saying if if Clemson and South Carolina can figure it out every year, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Iowa, Iowa State, Florida, Florida State, I mean, where do you want me to stop? You know, these these in-state rivalries that are hundreds of years old, that these schools are, are in different conferences, that's okay, you know, let's figure it out. I would much rather Play Texas A&M home at home every other year, and my one road game, non-conference road game, be an hour and a half bus trip east, rather than getting on a plane and going to Los Angeles for a night game on a Saturday to play USC or going to Columbus, Ohio or Gainesville, Florida. It just, it just makes too much sense. And uh, you know, I, I I hope at some point here in the very near future, those uh, decision makers can can see that put their egos. Uh, aside and, and, you know, bring one of, if not the greatest rivalries in, in college football back uh, to, to everybody's living room and, and more importantly, back to Austin and College Station. Yeah, And hopefully on Thanksgiving week right? Because that's the
1: tradition uh, that I think a lot of people in Texas want to see back. Coach, I uh, can't tell you how much we appreciate your time. It's game week. It's finally here, kind of coming out of my skin, ready to see some college football. Hope to see you soon down in Austin. Uh, and until then, best of luck. All
0: right, Joel. Appreciate it, man. Hook them and, and stay cool down there in Southern California.
1: You got it. Now my favorite segment of the show clat back and remember it's only as good as the feedback that i get on social media so make sure to follow and send all of your interactions to me i love continuing the conversation all week so on twitter at joel Clat, on instagram at joel underscore clatt and we can do this all year long and maybe you're going to be featured in clatt back right i mean that could be cool so let's get to some of the tweets here from the offseason in the last couple of weeks we start with Casey holtz and he says over under for how many times clatt mentions how great ellinger is my guess is 23 you're talking about red river because gus and i will be doing red river i tweeted that out and guess what casey i i sense that you're dripping with sarcasm with this, how many times is he going to mention how great Ellinger is? My guess is 23. Take the over. That's right. Because I love Sam Ellinger and he's a great player. Moving on. Uh, Let's see. Osephus T. Stark says, realize if there's no Big Ten football, it's a fall without Joel Clout and Gus Johnson. No, no, no. We're in the Big 12 with you every single week big noon kickoff is back gus and i are back and i cannot wait to be back in a stadium and that's happening this saturday louisiana tech at baylor at noon eastern on fox folks it's happening it's live it's gus it's me it's jenny taft we're gonna be there and we absolutely can't wait for this season and i know you can't wait for it either so We'll be there. Big noon kickoff starts at 10 a.m. Eastern. Join the guys as they get you set for college football. This has been Breaking the Huddle. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you joining me. Join me all season long. And as always, big thanks to Dr. Pepper. It is the official drink of Fansville.